Well, good evening, everyone. It's great to see you. Um, keep that passage open in front of you. Um, back before my wife Sophie and I um, had kids, we had the privilege of going to New York for a few days. Uh, we knew that we were hoping to start a family, and so uh, we wanted to make the most of our time there. Um, uh, last chance, uh, potentially. Uh, and one of the things that we did was uh, go up the One World Trade Center, uh, which replaced the, um, the World Trade Center. And we were up there uh, as the sun was setting, uh, looking out over Manhattan. It was fantastic. Uh, and uh, we discovered this mega expensive cocktail bar uh, at the top. Um, uh, and uh, it was a beautiful evening. We kind of looked at the prices, gulped a little bit, um, but uh, felt like uh, this was probably our only chance ever to, uh, to sip a cocktail in New York like in the movies. And uh, so we decided we'd forego on dinner and have a drink uh, in the bar. <laughs> Uh, as we were sat at the bar, uh, sipping our martinis or whatever we had, uh, we got chatting to this American guy. Uh, but after a bit, he headed on, and we kind of stayed on to uh, make the most of it um, and, uh, uh, not feel, and make it feel like it was worth the price. Anyway, we finally got up uh, and asked for the bill. And the barman kind of looked at us quizzically, and he said, oh, it's already been paid. Uh, the guy you were sat next to a while ago paid it. And uh, it was so unexpected, such unexpected generosity uh, that really blew us away, and it's stuck with me ever since. Uh, it was such a nice surprise. We all love generosity when we see it, don't we? Uh, and we love to be on the receiving end of generosity. I think most of us would agree that generosity is a good thing. But as much as we think it's a good thing, and we so often find it hard to be generous ourselves, don't we? You don't need to be a Christian uh, to be generous, uh, but following Jesus calls us to a different type of generosity. And not just buying a round of drinks at the bar, even if it's an expensive one. Uh, It calls us to radical, sacrificial generosity. Uh, Verse six uh, of this passage uh, that we just read encourages us to sow bountifully. Uh, Verse 11 talks about being generous in every way. We're called to give of our resources, uh, whether that's uh, time or money uh, or our homes uh, or our skills and gifts that God's given us. Uh, We're called to do it for the sake of others and for the sake of the gospel. And let's face it, being generous isn't a difficult concept to grasp, is it? I don't need to stand here and explain it to you. And it's not difficult to approve of it either. But if we're honest, it is so often hard for us to put it into practice. Well, today we're starting a new uh, four-week series called Impossible Commands. Uh, And the command we're looking at today is there in verse 7, where we're told that God loves a cheerful giver. It can be hard to be generous, uh, even when we're convinced it's the right thing. But to do it cheerfully as well, to do it because we love to do it, How can that be possible? Well, coming up are four things that we need to remember uh, if we're going to give cheerfully. Uh, And my prayer isn't uh, that we'll give more. Uh, It's that we'll be more cheerful, more joyful in the Lord, uh, and that our hearts will be more like his. So let's pray before we have a look at those. Father God, uh, we... 
Thank you that you are gracious and compassionate and abounding in love and generosity. We pray that you would make us more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. So how can we give cheerfully? Well, the first thing uh, we need to realize uh, and let sink in is there in verse 10. Uh, Have a look. It says this, He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seeds. What the Apostle Paul is saying is this, God has given us everything. He's given us everything that we have. There's a great example of God's people recognizing this uh, in the Old Testament. Uh, You probably know the story of David and Goliath. Uh, David grows up, doesn't need to be a king. uh, And he calls the people uh, to give generously so that they can build a new temple. Uh, David uh, himself gives a really generous gift. uh, And then the leaders follow and and the people give generously as well. And there's this fantastic response, this great outpouring of generosity to build the temple. Uh, And David is full of thankfulness, uh, but his prayer shows that he knows what's really going on. Uh, Because have a look at uh, this. Uh, It's up on the screen. If you flick on again. Uh, He praises the Lord, and then he prays this. But who am I? And who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you, and we have given you only what comes from your hand. When we give it, it shouldn't cause us to be smug or proud. It should cause that humility like David. Who am I that I should be able to give like this? What a privilege if God has given us the resources to be able to give. I don't know if people still watch The Simpsons these days. I'm not sure if it's even on TV. Uh, But back in the day, uh, in one episode, uh, Bart Simpson uh, says grace um, at the table. uh, And he says this, Dear God, uh, we paid for all this stuff ourselves, so thanks for nothing. Amen. And the adults around the table are shocked. But it's funny because it's so often what people are thinking, isn't it? Uh, We think, well, I went to work. Uh, I bought the food, I I cooked the meal. Why thank God? But the Bible shows us that God gave us our life and and he gives us every breath. Uh, He gave us the aptitude to be able to do anything or to be able to go to work. Uh, He provides all the materials we use uh, and the world where we can be productive. Uh, he created plants and animals uh, and the sun and the rain for the crops. Uh, and not to thank God is to have the limited perspective uh, of a toddler, really. Uh, like my little three-year-old Phoebe, who insists that she can do everything by herself. Uh, she's annoyed when you won't let her cross the road on her own. Uh, or the other day when she decided that she didn't want to go to nursery. And she said... I stay here on my own. (laughs) Young children just don't see the big picture, do they? Uh, They don't see that we provide everything for them. Uh, They don't see that they're completely dependent on us. And there's almost nothing that they can do on their own. And when we recognize that we are dependent on God, 
uh, like a three-year-old is dependent on their parents. Uh, it completely changes our perspective, doesn't it? Uh, we see that he is so far beyond us that we can hardly even comprehend it. And he is so generous to us. Uh, he doesn't just provide foods. Uh, he's given us uh, taste buds with sweet and sour and umami. He's given us all kinds of food. Uh, he's given us the beauty of creation uh, and far, far more. Uh, and like a new parent uh, with a, a young child who suddenly realizes how much their parents have done for them, seeing this about God should cause us to, to say like David, who am I? Who am I? Everything comes from you. Thank you, Lord. So if we're to give uh, cheerfully, uh, firstly, we need to see that God has given us everything. We need to rejoice in that. Uh, and secondly, we need to see that God delights to involve us in his purposes. I'm afraid there's lots of uh, uh, illustrations about my kids today, uh, just what came to mind. But uh, uh, even at age five, uh, my son Ezra uh, knows me well. Uh, my wife Sophie asked him recently what Daddy might like for his birthday. Uh, and he said... Um, chocolate and coffee. He said, I'm going to buy it for daddy. When are you going to buy it for me? <laughs> our kids uh, love buying presents for us uh, and for other people uh, with our money. Uh, and the thing is, we're still absolutely delighted uh, when they give us something, even if they bought it with our money. Uh, we love to see them enjoy the pleasure of giving uh, and showing love to other people. And that's actually a similar dynamic uh, to when we give to God, really, isn't it? You see, God doesn't need us to give. He's not waiting on us to be able to fulfill his purposes. He's not sat there thinking, I, I hope these guys can help me out with some cash so that I can fulfill my purposes in this area. No, he, he chooses to involve us uh, in his purposes. It's an incredible thing. Uh, he does it as a loving Heavenly Father. He gives to us uh, so that we can have the joy of being involved. And when we see that, uh, we start to see what a great privilege it is to be involved and to be able to give and be generous. And that's really clear uh, in um, what Paul says about the Macedonians in the chapter before this. If you flick back to uh, chapter 8, verse 1, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1, uh, here's what Paul says um, about the Macedonians. He says, We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means, of their own accord, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. And this, not as we expected. And we're told that uh, these Macedonian Christians were facing extreme trials and poverty, uh, but they had such joy in the Lord uh, that it meant that they were actually begging to be able to support other Christians. Uh, God had done this incredible work in them, hadn't he? Uh, and so they gave joyfully. Uh, and we've also seen the way that David um, 
gave with a sense of humility before God. Uh, and God can do that work in us too. Back before I got married, uh, I never had a car, uh, but I did have a, a, a motorbike for a bit, and it was my pride and joy. Um, uh, but I only had it for a very short time, uh, for six months, before I crashed it. Um, thankfully, it was at a fairly low speed, and I wasn't in hospital for a very long time. Um, uh, but um, even though the bike looked uh, pretty much fine, uh, the frame had buckled a bit, and it was written off. Uh, but amazingly, I got all the money back on insurance. And it was about the time that our partner church in Jesmond uh, were raising funds um, or to, planning to launch St. Joseph's. Uh, I didn't work for a church at that point, uh, but I felt a great joy uh, in the vision that there was for St. Joseph's. And um, I decided not to buy another motorbike, uh, partly to stay alive uh, for a bit longer, <laughs> um, and partly so that I could give to, the, to, the, um, St. Joseph, to the fund for St. Joseph's. Uh, and I look back on that, and I'm so glad uh, that God uh, enabled me to play a small part uh, in his purposes. Uh, and it's such a joy to see uh, what God has done here, isn't it? And I wouldn't usually say anything about my own giving, uh, but it was a long time ago, uh, and I'm sharing it because uh, so often we need to remember that there, there is joy uh, in being obedient to the Lord. Uh, it's true that there is joy to be found. Uh, and I look back on that, uh, and it helps me to remember that. Uh, because even though uh, I can look back and be thankful, uh, I still struggle now so often to be generous. Uh, and so often we feel like that, don't we? Uh, I either don't want to be generous, uh, or my giving is uh, guilt-driven obedience uh, rather than, uh, it's just a, se- it's a sense of duty to give rather than a, a joy in the gospel, rather than cheerful, joyful desire to, to give. And I think it's probably fair to say that we all struggle at times, don't we? And it's not just money, it's a ten- tendency to, to grumble rather to, than to, to give thanks. Uh, It's wanting to use our resources for ourselves rather than for others, Uh, whether it's our money or our time or uh, the gifts God's given us uh, or our homes. Uh, Even when we want to be generous, uh, we struggle to be generous, don't we? I know that's true for me. Uh, Maybe you can relate as well. And the Bible tells us that that is because uh, we have a heart problem. Uh, The great reformer, Martin Luther describes sin as the heart curved in on itself. The heart curved in on itself. And greed and selfishness are obvious, ugly parts of that. I couldn't help laughing uh, a few months back. Um, you might have been there uh, at All Age Service where George Hewitt was giving a, a talk on generosity and he threw all these chocolates out to the kids and I was sat with my son Ezra and he managed to grab five chocolates because they were nearby. Uh, and literally at the very moment that George was saying, uh, we need to be generous to one another, uh, one of Ezra's best friends leaned over and said, I didn't get any, can I have one of yours? And Ezra said, no, they're all mine. (laughs) Little babies have a grab reflex, don't they? Uh, They grab onto things. 
Uh, and little kids keep on grabbing, don't they? Uh, and the truth is that those instincts uh, are still there in our hearts as adults or young people. Uh, we want things for ourselves. Uh, we're greedy. Uh, we think that having more will satisfy us. The world around us tells us that there's a happy place that we can get to uh, if only we have a bit more. But Jesus uh, issues a warning against that, doesn't he? He says, watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in, a, in an abundance of possessions. And he says, it is more blessed to give than to receive. He's saying, you've got it all wrong. To experience life in its fullness, you don't need more. Even many in the secular world are recognizing that, aren't they? Uh, there's a growing body of research which su suggests that giving is good for us. Uh, volunteering, caring for others, uh, helping others in need, uh, helping others in the workplace or financial generosity. Uh, they've all been shown to have a positive impact on our mental health and our physical health. But Jesus doesn't just say that um, you don't need more. Uh, what he says is, uh, you need to know me more. Jesus sometimes talks about people as sheep, didn't he? Uh, it wasn't the most flattering picture. He's saying that we so often just go off in the wrong direction, thinking it'll make us happy. But into that, Jesus says this. I have come that they may have life, and how it's the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. You see, to fight the inward curve of our hearts, we need a power outside ourselves. We need someone who can make us love God more than we love ourselves and our possessions. And that person is Jesus. And we need to fight the grab reflex. You see, Jesus never grabbed. He didn't pursue comfort or fame or possessions or power. Instead, he let it all go. He had everything, and yet he chose to come down and be born as a human uh, in a feeding trough. Uh, and in the end, uh, he went to the cross and he gave everything. He gave his very life. And he gave it for us. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9 says this, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. Only Jesus can save us from the inward curve of our hearts. Uh, only he can change our hearts. And only he can help us to see that God is more than enough to satisfy us. We need to fight the grab reflex and replace it with a deep love for Jesus. And as we uh, fix our eyes on him and all that he's done for us, uh, we need to ask God uh, to give us a new, generous, loving heart. It's not something we can do our own, on our own. 
Uh, you see, giving and generosity uh, are not about obeying the rules and ticking off the boxes as Christians uh, so that we feel good and religious and moral. They are about learning to love. The Pharisees in Jesus' day loved to be diligent law keepers, didn't they? And they tried to tick off every little rule. But Jesus summed up the whole Old Testament as love God and love your neighbor. And we need to pray that uh, as a church family, we would love God more and we would love our neighbor more. And we need to pray that uh, we would see more and more of all that God has done for us, all that he gives us, uh, and all that he continues to do for us. And as we see that, uh, as we experience his generosity, uh, our hearts uh, will be changed to be more like his. When we talk about uh, giving and generosity, uh, the principle is love, not law. We're not to be sitting here thinking, uh, what's the minimum that I need to do in order to be accepted? But instead, we're to think, how can I maximize my opportunities to love? Uh, how can I maximize my opportunities to love? How can I follow in the footsteps of my Savior, Jesus Christ? As Ken uh, said earlier in the giving review, God is more concerned about our attitude uh, than the amount that we give. Uh, chapter 9, verse 7, uh, which we read early, earlier, says, uh, Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, or his or her heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, uh, for God loves a cheerful giver. Uh, we're reminded here that we're to give thoughtfully uh, and we're to give freely, not under comp compulsion. Uh, we're to be generous with all that God has given us and not just our money. Uh, some of us will be able to give uh, large amounts. Some of us will be able to give very little. But there's that great promise there uh, in verse 6, isn't there? Uh, it says, whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Now, what a privilege it is that we get to join in with God's purposes. Let's pray that God would give us hearts that want to give cheerfully uh, and want to sow bountifully. Uh, and let's pray that uh, in the years to come, we'll be able to look back uh, and think, uh, I'm so glad that God's uh, enabled me to be part of what he is doing. Let's pray. Father God, uh, you know our hearts. You know how we respond um, when we're called to, to give. Uh, you know um, that we are so easily selfish and our hearts turn in on themselves. And we pray that you'd help us to see all that you have done for us. Uh, we pray that you'd help us to gaze on the Lord Jesus and his great generosity, uh, the way that he um, did not seek to grasp, but instead uh, gave everything he had. And we ask that you uh, change our hearts. We pray that you'd uh, make us a church family that uh, loves you more. Uh, we pray that you'd make us a church family that loves others more. 
and we ask that you would uh, give us that attitude that longs to see the ways that we can maximize our opportunities to love others and be generous with all that we have. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.